Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and along with my co-host, Jared, we're best friends, been playing Pokemon for a very long time. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Teach Me Pokemon. My name is Jared Downhower, and with me, my co-host for life, Corey Dickman. Corey, how are you, sir? Dang, did we sign that lifetime contract? Did I miss that? And when when when, oh, when we signed oh, our big our big contract, then... that's 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 uh, that's uh, that's painful. Uh, <laughs> that's <hurt>. <laughs> <But> you, know, <laughs> you know who would be glad to know that we signed a lifetime contract? Who? Stray Collections, our sponsor of the show. <laughs> Great YouTube channel. H- have you opened packs with uh, your son lately? Oh, we love opening packs is one of our favorite things to do. And we, you know, everyone has their own little way to do it. I love to flip them over and then you guess what your energy is on mm, top. Oh. That's that's the game, baby. That's the game. Dude, that's it right there. Well, you know, if you don't get to open packs, watch Stray Collections because he opens packs and it's pretty incredible. Good stuff. YouTube channel. Collections with a Z. Straight collections. We're going we're gonna to do an educational uh, episode about opening packs because I think it is part of the TCG allure mm. in general, right? You may not play, you might collect. We, co- we focus a little more on the playing here, but we'll, we'll get to that one day. But first, we got to get to Liverpool. Man, I was looking at the numbers. This is a giant tournament by European standards. Yeah, it was big. All- 1,500? Yeah, 1,580. That's, I mean, Woo. I know. These Europeans, they ain't playing. They ain't playing around, no, you know. But no, it's, man. it's also less points for them to get to Worlds. So, you know, I don't know how that plays into anything. I'm but. just I'm just scared of it getting to the Japanese where, like, 80% of the people don't get in, mm. right? Like, you know, it's already tough to get into an American regionals, Right um especially some of these smaller ones like knoxville coming up they cut theirs pretty early pretty quickly so it'll be interesting but here's what here's what i want to start with liverpool um let's talk the big decks that we saw let's talk through the meta any really big surprises here for you oh surprises i i do think anytime Tord doesn't make top eight in a european tournament that's newsworthy Usually you can lock him into top eight. He did finish 16th, top 16. So, he, you know, he usually is always guaranteed that or at least top 32. But to not see him, that was a surprise. I'll say that. 
I think Mew winning kind of surprised me. I didn't I didn't see that one coming. Um, and it, was it the DTE build? No, he had no. two fusion strikes. Well, it, it was a weird. It, we're gonna talk about this. Oh, okay, bit. okay. But I didn't Is see Mew little... winning. I, I didn't see yeah. Mew winning. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I I believe my prediction was Roaring Moon coming up big, and it's it's still hanging out ninth. 11th it just can't seem to get that push into a top four just yet which is kind of sad but all in all i'm not shocked by what i'm seeing in 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 the top ranks of day two and what got into top 16 top eight what we saw on stream we've been talking about this we're gonna see giratina had two giratina decks in the top eight two charizard in the top eight and then, you know, as you've been talking about, Sable Zard is a great matchup into these things. We can totally see that. And then your boy Nick Klaus trying to do you proud, trying to do you proud on the on the Snorlax. Nick Klaus, like he he attended the party, but he was dressed very differently. Uh if if that analogy plays at all. I just made it up off the spot. Um yeah, his deck was wild. Yeah, like I looked at it, well, I, you know, it's just different. I know we're gonna get into the spies. I I, I loved him running some Snorlax. That's great. I do think I you know I said Reshizard. Or I'm sorry, Z- Sablezard. I'm always gonna say Reshizard, Sablezard. But then I did say some Iron Hands, and look, we had an Iron Hands sixth place. You know, top eight. So there you go. He he made it. He made a he made a little uh, hello hello in the tournament. I I uh, he did. I don't know. I. I'm glad you're using Iron Hands in the in whatever deck you can find it in because I thought you were talking about a purely electric generator deck. So I'm I'm glad for you. I'm glad you got to sneak it in there. Oh no, yeah, no, no. If he's in a deck, it counts. If if he's there, it, it's an Iron Hands deck. It's like well, that's, it's like Comfy, Jared. He's like Comfy. It's just he's in all the decks. It's just like Comfy. So similar. Well, it's and I mean this is uh that what you're talking about, Magnus uh, Peterson and six. I mean that is the uh, I we all remember Tord running that at a regional earlier this year, kind of bringing out all of the big hitters. I like this version of Lost Box as well. It gives you options. It gives you counters. You're playing into matchups. So really, uh, really a really great top eight. Uh, I want to I want to talk about the winner first, and then I want to move into talking about what my big takeaway was from this tournament. It's small tweaks. Didn't see any big new decks roaring into the the ranks. But let's first talk about uh, Fabrizio taking the W on Mew. I mean, how many more times are we going to say it? How many more times are we going to say this deck can just keep competing like it? What is the weakness of this deck, Corey? Someone please tell me. <laughs> I um getting unlucky, hitting uh hitting a lot of dark type that still I feel like doesn't even make it like a zero chance to win. It's clearly still hanging in there with the Charizards and the and the roaring moons of the world. And then you always got your Drapion. Sometimes sneaks into a lost zone deck or two or some other ones. So yeah, I just think the it goes to it goes back to what is like the core element of Pokemon, the card game, and it's always been draw. Just can you draw cards better than your opponent? And Mew, quite frankly, is probably the best engine to draw cards. It just, um, 
the way you can build it with the item cards you can get rid of. It's all basic, except for the VMAXs, obviously, but it just moves, man. I mean, remember, Jared, when uh, we've talked about, like, Zorark and, and a GX back in the day, and remember when, yeah, I think it was Tord, but probably some others, but it was like, there were just four double colorless energies, and it was like, there's no way. You can't you can't run a yeah, deck. Yeah, them. With four, but you just find them because it's just discard, draw two, discard, draw two. And it's the same here. It's like four DC, two fusion. And it just finds them, you know? Uh, it, I don't know. I think that's why. It's just, it draws the best. Well, and you and you saw it on full display and I fully agree with you. And, and to me, the big difference is you, you love, what I'm about to say, you love to do. We talk about this all the time. What is, what is everybody's move right now on Giratina? I'm going to Roxanne you. I'm going to play Path to Peak. And then... I'm gonna win the game, and yep. and it, that's fine if you get you get three cards at that point. Yep. And if you hit on those three, that is fine. That doesn't apply to Mew. That does not apply to Mew because Mew is always ready to get rid of stadiums mm-hmm. because it plays path. It it just the it, so many of the rules don't apply to this deck. It's Iono proof. It's it does so many things. Yeah. No, and it can. You know, just be for the fact that you shut its abilities down. If you did path or rocks or path Roxanne and and quote unquote lock down a Mew deck, it, it could still attack you, provided that the Mew whatever the status of the previous attack was from Mew. But you know, they they run what three vacuums, two or three vacuums. I mean, they can. It, it's crippling, and in the right situation, you can really really hurt a Mew. But at the end of the day, it still has ways to kind of get out of those things 100%. so yeah 100 yeah so i did you get a chance to watch the finals i, I did not i did not watch you gotta tell me <laughs> i will i will say we know we always we talk about chance in one of our past episodes we talked about running cards with chance yep we know the chance card in mew is cramomatic yeah right I don't, I could be wrong. I don't think Fabrizio missed one in the finals. Oh my goodness. Like, that's and, crazy. And, 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 and that's also a big credit to Brent because these were situations where he had to, right? Yeah. The, the series ended 2-0. They were great, great chess match going on in the finals, but you could even see it. Brent was throwing up his hands sometimes and just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Because every single time the Cramomatic was coming wow. down, and and you know luck is a part of the game, but also like we've talked about, what is your tolerance for that? Fabrizio said, "I'll take the risk tolerance on that," and it paid off. Yeah, it, can can you like Azul that and have the judge roll the dice instead <laughs> of the opponent? Is there is that a ruling in Pokemon? Like this is a big Cramomatic play. Head judge, can you please roll the dice? I, don't uh, I think it'll I'm sure it'll get digital at some point and then there'll be hacking scans and sure. and this and that. I'd rather see loaded dice than yeah. digital flips 100%. Well, I I I had um and kind of going off of that. The can I tell you my I wrote down two big takeaways from Come this on. tournament. The first one, I'll I'll bring it into the finals is and I think I'm going to go as far as to say my my Pokémon crush is Brent Toninson, I just think this man is incredible. He is incredible because of his Gardevoir play. I was a little disappointed to see him not on Guardi in this tournament, but man, shifted in a different direction and look at him still in the finals with a different deck. Very, very, uh, just a, a player that can go lost box, 
Guardy. So I, I just am, I'm a big Brent guy. I, I want to reach out to him. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. Yeah, I, maybe we can get him on the podcast. Yeah, I think this guy is grinding this year, and he he's so far my player of the year. I, I think, you know, Azul's had a, gr- a great year. Some others have stood out. Uh, but give me Brent right now. The man is traveling everywhere. Like, he is. He is going. And there has to be something said about that. My second no, time. My second, oh, sorry. Well, did you? I mean, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you speak about my man. I, crush. I was just going to ask you if part of the reason he was your Pokemon crush is because just like him, you are someone who has betrayed his Gardevoir ways <laughs> and and found greener fields in uh, Giratina's pastures. Yeah, uh, man, I've been playing some of that Tina on live right now, and it's it's too good, too good. I see why he did it. Uh, it's it's. Um, you know, after after about three or four rounds, I get to get comfortable with it. I I just been running uh, Wada's build from the last tournament, and it's uh, from Charlotte. And yeah, baby, yeah. I think if I had that Tina in that tournament, it would have been a little different, little different <laughs> results for everybody. Uh, but probably what I would have run goes to my second takeaway. And let's look at Nicholas's Nicholas Nicholas. Let's look Nicholas, at his, Let's go, Nicholas. Nicholas. Go to his Snorlax. He starts off real hot here. Four Snorlax, one Rodham, one Pidgeot. Totally agree. That's what I do. The one Mimikyu is a little dis- is a little concerning. I, you know, two is where I my preference, but I get it. You know, go with one. Starts off here. Two Arvin. Mm, probably go four, but that's okay. Two Penny, two Erica's, two Fortunes. Sure, I'd maybe go three or four. The boss out of the Sydney. I'll look at normal, and then I'll get down to the cross Seaver. And I'm like, okay, I see why he trimmed down his line of his supporters because he can cross-seaver them. So, sure, I, I, I don't like it, but I get it. And the man got fourth, so who am I to judge? But then the Cramomatics, Jared, just really, like, had me had me excited. But also, like, there's no way I would do that in a tournament because it's just I'm not flipping that much. Like, what are we doing? But he throws him in there. So good, good on him. The Cramomatic definitely was interesting. But you see where I'm going? Do you see the item card I want to talk about for a second? He has the egg incubator. <laughs> if I had told you what an egg incubator did, would you have any idea? Not unless you had harped it on me when we were both running stall online that this was the difference maker. Oh, my. Like, I'm telling you, brilliant play. I, I, I'm all about the egg incubator. I, I think you get your basic, which is also helpful, but then store it back and put it back in your deck, baby. Put it at the bottom. I, I was like, dude, this is smart. I, I, I got it. And I, it just it makes me like I am not the best at putting the decks together. You know, I just give, give me what works and I'll just outplay you. But I'm, I'm jealous of him in the egg incubator. So if he, if he had won this tournament, uh, they should have like made this a like, secret rare in the next set or something. So those are my two takeaways. You can play stall in a lot of different ways. Clearly, uh, this was a creative way to do it. Well, in my my read on this too, is I'm looking at the very last cards that he has in the set and uh, the four pokey stuff, right? I've yes, seen, I've I'm seen sorry. different iterations right. of the stadium count. But to me, this says, I'm not going to get path. I'm going to give my op- myself the opportunity to rot him. I'm going to give myself the opportunity to Pidgey. And in addition, this is why I'm going to trim down my supporters, give myself an option to hit the crossover, give myself an option to hit the pokey gear. And then I'm just going to find whatever I want anyway. That's true. 
No, I get it. The way he built it, there's way more item cards, the cram, the crams, the cross receiver, so it makes sense. I don't think I would do it. I think I've won too many games with Sinnoh, uh, Temple of Sinnoh, and just outplaying with that card. But I get it. He just wants his engine to keep going, so throw in the pokey stops. But yeah, sorry, that was also different than normal. Normal. That's uh, fair. Like yep. That's fair. Those are my the last takeaways. thing I was gonna. Last last thing I was going to bring up, or the next thing I was going to bring up, sorry, is like, and you hit it right here. So thank you for our a, a nice onboard into this. This to me was the tournament of small tweaks that made all of the difference. Okay. And I I I'm I'm super excited to talk about that with you because some of them I can make sense of. Again, these players are performing better than I ever had, so not here to like let's say this is garbage or whatever, but I, this is more from a curiosity standpoint. So as you looked through the decks, did you see what are some of the things that you saw that were like, this is this is a little bit of a change that I think makes a, a good big difference. Oh, a good, what what is something that's normally not in the deck that yeah, helps? Like, is that what you're talking about? I'll, I'll, I'll start, I'll start. Okay, okay. I can't remember to date looking at this Mew build, I don't think I've ever seen a Mew build that this is this is it. You've got Box of Disaster, which we saw a lot last year. Only two Fusion Strike energy with four DTE, so you're still kind of mixing it up. One Elsa Sparkle. Like, it, it's this really interesting build where it gave him options, and I think that helped maneuver him through some of his matches, even though his base Pokemon line is or Mew, three View Max, or Genesect. Like he's not doing any fancy SQ plays. Nothing with the like, nothing like that. But it, but it pays off. Like in in a pinch, it worked. It it, it was almost like that. Like that Elsa Sparkle was his fifth DTE. Mm. He just needed to be able to find it. Oh, okay. I see that. So that that was that would be would be what makes it a little different than like you're looking at um. Right, and it, and, it, and it gives you the benefits of the fusion energy itself. I know it's a little more complex than that, but I'm looking at the first place guy and saying he wasn't running your stereotypical Mew, and I'm sure that played off down the road. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I, I like that. Um, I there was a deck I was telling you about. Now this isn't small tweaks. So if you're if you maybe if I need to stay in that. Stay in that room. No, go for it. Then, go. You, then you need just, to just don't don't take any of my spicy picks, Corey, because that's where we're heading next. Oh well, then I'm gonna go to the other stall deck because I'm just gonna. Um, I think the defiance vest. Where is it at? And and like I was saying, you can add a lot of different things in here, but the defiance vest is interesting in a stall because there are there are times where the only option is to kind of chip away at the Snorlax, right? 30 damage, Comfies did you know, a little bit of damage, 30, 40. But the Defiance Vest does 40 or less damage. Um, you take you, you take less damage. So, um, and you always have more prize cards remaining than your opponent, obviously. Uh-huh. So I think that's a nice little addition that I haven't seen as much. The Bravery Charms, clearly. The Luxurious Cape, you know, you obvious one. But I, I like the uh, I like the defiance vest. That was a good a good addition. Again, I know you can add a bunch of different stuff in these decks, so people are probably like, whatever, Corey, whatever, man. But I <laughs> I think uh, I think it's cool. Uh, obviously, the other one I, I was going to Tord, and I was really hoping there would be something cool in this Gardevoir, and I, he ran a pretty 
pretty straight Gardevoir line. There wasn't anything that really jumped out at me. I, I always kind of look forward to the the one weird kind of wacky card from Torrid, and I didn't see it this time. That, that's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I actually surprised Torrid chose to go with Gardevoir. I know it's his staple in this couple of years of life. It's what he's known for. It's what he was on getting second place at Worlds last year. Um, so it, it is. But yeah, I, I would have thought some tweaks would come into play. Uh, I'm going down, and I, I could be wrong, so if our listeners, uh, I, I'm not sure that this was for sure the individual that I saw on stream, but if you'll go down to 70th place, um, uh, from Italy, it's Manuel, or Manuela, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, uh, but uh, another stall deck, but some spicy things in this deck, Corey, oh, Radiant Charizard. T-U-E-X, which I'm imagining is functionally similar to Crabominal. You want to discard some cards from your opponent. Oh, Here's yeah. an easy way to do it. You're already running the fire energy. Makes sense in my mind. Um, but this was just an interesting list in general, given the amount of Pokemon in it compared to other stall decks. This this deck makes my head hurt. Oh, my gosh. There is, like, <laughs> there's like everything in here. I'm trying to pull up real quick. Uh, you said he finished 70th? Um, what? Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. I, I want to know this man's pathway here. He finished 9-5-1. and one. Yes. Wow, he was cooking. Starts the tournament off 8-0 and oh on this thing. Uh, had to, wow, this is very unfortunate. Had to play four, four Lost Box decks in a row. Three Kyogre and then the Giratina. Yeah, ooh, his day two was rough, man. Ended five losses in a row. So he was 9-0-1 going wow. into round 11 and then lost to Tina, lost to Roaring Moon, lost to Mew, lost to Tina, and loses to, to Charizard at the end, which maybe was just like a giveaway because he probably tired at that point. But uh, this is a spicy, spicy deck. I, I don't even know where to begin here. What, what I guess the strategy was all over the place. You have the Luxray Pivot. You could do damage with the Charizard. You could discard with the Chi U E X. You have your Snorlax play. You have two Pidgeots in here. This was just wow. Uh, maybe we get him on the pod. I don't talk to him. Yeah, I got some questions because I, I, I mean, Stall just usually doesn't attack at all. No. And and then here we have the Luxray. We have the Radiant Charizard. Some very strong attacking options. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very focused at certain decks. Super interesting. Super super interesting to me. Uh, yeah. Very. Me too. That's very fascinating. I I want to give you some props because if you take a snapshot between twenty sixth and thirty seventh, there's five Arceus decks. One, two, three, four. I'm sorry. Four. Four in the top. 37. You called this the other day. I mean, it's starting to see some pickup here, Jared. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It is. It is. And, and let me, let me, uh, there's a lot of other cool tweaks that we could talk about, but I do want to move into this next little segment. Corey, let me ask you a question. Uh, when you think back to your childhood, you think of boy bands, but there was one specific girl band that uh, I would even associate with the country that this tournament took place in. Uh, do you remember this group? The Spice Girls? 
the Spice Girl Corns. <laughs> and you know what they used to say? Spice up your life, which takes us into our section on the spice. Oh, and, okay. And you you already nailed one of it. I know you're dying to talk about this. We have to talk about this Arceus Requeza. We have to. Mm-hmm. We have to. I know you and I have been talking the last couple yep. of days. You've been seeing this all over live. Oh, yeah. Run through this deck for us, man. What's going on here? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a deck that centers around moving the fire energy, right? That's the Armor, Armor Rouge. Sorry if we say the wrong names. Armor Rouge, uh, it, it can move any fire energy from a bench to your active is kind of how it's worded. So, uh but they run it with the basin so you can get the fire energy back. But that's the key part is the, with the Heatran because that does 70 damage for each damage counter on the Heatran. But you can basin onto that, adds two damage counters. And then you move the energy around. So the, the it, it it can dodge things in the way because you can retreat and then reattack with something else. Uh, the weird part about the deck, which it's fine... But I think what holds it back is the Arceus can really only attach energies to itself when it Trinity charges. There's not um, any other real V in there because your bench is usually like either Heatran, the Armor Rouge. You might have Mew EX in there. But then you can throw it onto another Arceus. That's probably the play because then now you have three fire energy on a benched Arceus that then you can move around. But but in here we do have the Requaza V that you could attach. Well, to. and you do have the Requaza V. I'm sorry, there's and, kind of and, two. And this, you're this correct. variant has the Delphox, and it does, which, have, is, which is an interesting play too. You're very correct, and I do apologize about that. Does have the Delphox for the sniping ability, and then the Requaza for the big hitter. It does have those. I've played against a couple versions of this online, and there was one that, that kept hitting, and it just was no other pieces. Then there is the Requaza. Uh, Delphox, which I had no idea it had a Delphox in it until I thought I had the win, and then they dropped the Delphox. So, uh, no, I think it's um really creative. I, I think the Armor Rouge always was fascinating because of the moving the energy around, and I think it has the support needed. The Heatran, I thought, was a really cool other addition to this that can hit big um, at the end of games. I don't know... Oh yeah, they did have the radiant heatran. Sorry, I was like, did they not have the heatran in it? But oh, they gotta have the radiant heatran. Yeah. So no, man, I think that's a good. I think that's a good shout out, my friend. It's a it's a fun deck. I, I mean, it looks fun. I haven't tried it, but uh, you know, I think right now not a lot of fi- water, besides Greninja and Cramorant that can't hit for weakness, and then uh, not a lot of fighting. So yeah, this, this kind of has room here. Well, here's uh, here's some of the other spice that I found. Uh, there was one, speaking of water, uh, and I have to talk about this because this is my personal favorite variant of Arceus. We did have 101st and Arceus Alolan Vulpix deck. <sighs> this, is, this is nothing new. We've seen this to great success with a host of different friends, right? Mm-hmm. Usually back when... Uh, Back when Lugia was big, you'd have uh, the Duraludon with it. But here we saw partnered up with some Drapion and with some Ice Rider Calrax, which, you know, a classic great Pokemon from this past year, two years. Um, but I love this specifically just because that Alolan Vulpix V-Star, the Snow Mirage move, is so incredibly strong, I think, in today's meta. When you can say... No Pokemon with an ability can hit me, right? And I understand we boss orders, we escape rope, we do whatever we do. 
this shuts a lot down, man. This this keeps a lot of decks down, and you have to get creative in a way that you're not used to for bouncing around this. Yeah, I think it's definitely like you're not prepared. This was kind of a thing a year ago, right? Or maybe even more than that. Right. So now to make, I would have, if you had told me this was still in, I would have thought this got rotated. So uh, I would have been very <laughs> like, uh, judge, judge, this isn't a playable card. The problem, the only problem is like, what is this deck's kryptonite? What is it? It, it, it's, it, you just, there's ways around it. And I, I've, I've, Besides the ways around it, what one deck is like? Oh, I don't, I don't give a blah blah. Giratina. Yeah. I don't have an ability. What do you? I don't do? have an ability. What are you doing? Like you can't, you can't right now. I mean, it's like I want to run it because I can stop this, 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 and this, and this, and this, but just not lost Tina. And it's like, well, what's everybody playing? Like, sure. You know what I mean? That that part is 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 a little tough. A little tough. Sure. There was also a Dragonite variant that we could talk about. But I don't want to get too much in that. I want to switch over to another Pokemon. And I'm super impressed, although it's not to be outdone by the last one we're going to talk about. Because we're going to talk about this last one. But if you'll join me, Corey, all the way down the roads, a good old friend from the Netherlands, Chris, at 119, making the Regigigas oh, yeah, sounds- work into day two. I love it. I love it so much. This deck was big when we were playing a year, two years ago. It lost some of the, the key cards, like the scoop up net that really slowed mm. this deck down. But here's somebody again getting into day two, making it work. Yeah, the Earthen Vessel did kind of bring this card back uh, or this deck back. Um, what's the what's the uh, the the ice one called again? I, what's that I, one called again? Well, people will stop listening. It's <laughs> I, people, I've heard Reggie Ice, which and I've heard Reg Ice. Um, it, it definitely seems like Reg Ice to me. I'm going to call it Regis. Re- like <laughs> Regis. Like the old TV show. Or the, like, yeah, yeah, like Regis, Regis and, Kelly. and Kelly. We're going to call it Regis. Yeah, man, I, I think kudos to them. I think if more play, people were playing this, I think it has some interesting advantages in today's game. There was like a brief stint where Avery was so popular for like a month there. That, that just kind of cripples this or makes it hard. But end of the day, man, it's a one-prizer. Uh, it can do big damage. It, ha- it can hit for weakness depending on the matchup. Um, if there was just a leaf one, like R- R- Reg Tree, Reggie Tree, like that could hit for a leaf and one-shot the Charizard and the Roaring Moon, I'd be all over it. But it's just that's what holds us back just a little bit. They're not... You need to leave. I remember that variant where they would put the Jirachi, the Radiant Jirachi. I liked that because it's like, well, you got to knock this out. I know, I know, you can't do the Reggie's move ability, but then you got to knock out this Jirachi, get three cards. I thought that was really clever. Forget what I, I agree. That was in. I agree. I don't think it has any staying power, but again, super exciting to see. I mean, it finished higher than, you, uh, you know, a deck that I want to see work is Goldingo, which we see some down here at the bottom kind of sneaking in. But then we have we have to talk about this before we get into our education moment, Corey. Okay. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Please. 142nd place. Oh, my gosh. Joe from Ireland, Corey, from Ireland. Reggie Drago Cherum. Yeah. Please explain 
what is happening here because I do not understand. I had this pulled up, so hilarious that you bring it up because we had to talk about this. Uh, I want to. We go have to talk about this. I want to go through his path really quick. Starts three and zero, then loses to Arceus Reggie, then loses to Lost Tina, then beats an unknown deck, which I don't know what it was, and then beats uh, Charizard uh, Lost Box Charizard. Ties the Maridon and then has the win and in against an unknown deck that I don't know against a Cameron O'Shea. Makes it into day two. So now it's like, oh man, can this deck make a run? Sadly, it did not happen. He alternated ties and losses. So we won't get into all that stuff. Uh, but whenever you can discard Pokemon and use all, all of those ability or attacks, like that's always creamy. It just gives you a lot of different options to, to, to utilize here. But you're using this guy and it's like, that th that wasn't really the strategy, right? Like he normally there's like you see all the one-off dragons, you know what I mean? Um, w w I mean he had the leaf in here, I guess, to hit the, for weakness. Do you think that was kind of the point? Well, that but that's what I'm saying. Wait, are, it sounds like you're talking about the the V, the Reggie Drago V. Oh, I am talking about the Reggie Drago V. This there's is the no normal. V. There's no there's V in no this. There's no V in this deck. Oh my gosh! There, then I have no idea what the heck. Unless I'm talking this is about. just this listed is incorrectly, I but but I have so many. I have. So, I get. I understand the charm. Charm makes a lot of sense to me. I can. I can roll with that. But then, like the biggest question of I have is this wishy washy. Yeah. Uh, for each basic attached to it, each basic energy. So you're just. You're recycling your energy and you're hitting big here. Is that is that I, that's the idea? But what is, what is out there that that is fire that you're afraid? I, I I guess I guess this is your counter. Somebody comes out swinging hard fire and you've got a simple water counter to it. Well, I don't think it's necessarily like water. I mean, it can hit. How many energy are in there? Twelve. So if you can get the double because it has two energy retrievals, one superior the skater park. So you're able to get these energies back into your hand. I, I mean, I think it's just going for big knockouts or, or the old, the old adage of like, you can two shot your EXs right. And, and you're just one prize. So I think it is able to just get enough. Maybe that's your end game move. If you have like a couple superior energies that you're, that you're holding. And then the rest of this is like, you know, your charms can just drop all that energy at one time. It's fair. That's fair. So get it up. And I guess that, that, that was the plan. Like you have this Reggie Drago that uh, can help you withdraw. I'm, I'm guessing that this is your primary attacker in the deck, right? This is what Reggie Gygus likes to do. Get your Reggie Drago out there. 160 is a decent number. You're missing knockouts on uh, like two hit knockouts on some of your bigger Pokemon. I didn't see anything in here that was necessarily amplifying damage. Um, like I was looking for some kind of tool card, some type of band. So I don't know what the matchup into it, but this, like the Zarude, uh, I kind of under, like just this, like when you see a deck that's that limitless says costs eleven dollars and ninety three cents, <laughs> you like, run it. What is happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, the discount deck. I like it. The skater, the skater park, skaters park plays a big key in this. 
Right. Gives you, gives you the retreat, get the energies back into your hand, attach it into the wishy-washy or whatever you're doing. Super, super creative, man. Uh, kudos to, who was this? Chris? No. this is Joe. Joe. I love it, Joe. Uh, I want to see this at the next tournament. Maybe Knoxville. Maybe uh, Joe's Reggie Drago deck makes an appearance. Yeah, and I like the I like also like the Wo Chien in there. I'm not gonna lie, I like that Wo Chien. Attack. Yeah, well, you know, it gives you it gives you flexibility again against Charizard. You you have a nice counterplay there against Marine Moon, so not bad. Not Joe, bad. Uh, man, Joe, why couldn't you got to top eight? That would have been cool. The spice, the spice. So that's really gonna wrap up our spice for Liverpool. Uh, we have Knoxville coming up this weekend. Yes. Uh, I think we've talked a little bit about this predictions, quick predictions, and then I want to get into our education moment. Probably back to Charizard. Uh, I think NA loves their Charizard. So I think that's still number one clear choice. Uh, I think the Tina, we're probably in just this Charizard Tina world right now, Jared, even though I don't know if that's where we want to live, but that's where we are. And come on, Golden Go. That's my deck that I think can crack the top eight here and make a run at this, a Golden Go deck. Ooh. That's my prediction. So Charizard, Tina, one, two, you might have the same. I don't know. But Golden Go makes a top eight. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. In terms of uh, yeah, in terms of deck usage, day two especially, I, I don't think we'll see a switch. It, it's hard. Like Gardevoir keeps hanging around. People still keep playing it. The same thing with what we saw Mew. I don't, I'm not predicting a Mew. But as you said, I'm I'm predicting either an Arceus or finally a Roaring Moon. Not winning it, but I, I, I am predicting one in the top four. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think Brent Tonnison gets over to Knoxville, takes it down. He's he's our champ. He's our champ. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> and then Let's you're gonna, go. and then you'll pull him aside and be like, Hey, can we do? Can you get on the pod? Yeah, we gotta you gotta come on the podcast. Yeah, come, come on the podcast. So that's got, my prediction. Um, on the podcast. All right. Uh, interesting education moment. Uh, very different. This this came to me inspired by some of the stuff that I saw on stream. And I've seen this over the years. I've never done it myself. I don't know, believe you ever do this. Can you guess what we're going to be talking about today? Oh, man. Um, we're going to talk about uh, to be rude or not be rude to your opponent. When you start a match, <laughs> well, that's that's an easy teach me. Pokemon says never be rude. Oh, that's true. We're talking about note taking today. Oh, note taking. Note taking. Okay. So, note taking is permissible in Pokemon games. On from time to time on stream, you will see people taking notes. Most often, it's figuring out what your prize cards are. Sometimes it's figuring out what your opponents taking notes. What are what are your initial thoughts on this? I think it is smart, and I think players that don't care, uh, how do I phrase this? Like they don't get embarrassed by it, are just calm and cool. Uh, it, it benefits them, right? Like um, we had Nick Nick Robinson on the pod uh, when we played in our round one match. He took notes, like he you know did first his first search. Looked through was da 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 da, and he told me he's like, "I'm gonna take some notes." And I think everyone understands that first, um, that first look through your deck is probably gonna take a minute or two because you are like trying to assess what you got. And if you take notes, then you don't have to do that ever again because you know exactly what's in there. 
and it kind of actually speeds up the game, even if your first minute is kind of awkward because you're like writing stuff down. Um, you know, Azul does it. He he does his notes, so I've seen him do that. Uh, I, I think it's a smart thing. It's just always when it comes down, I never remember to bring something to write with. Uh, and then I'm always like, oh, man, I'm going to write this, and they're going to like – think I'm weird because I'm writing notes. I'm just going to try to remember like my, my pattern. I think I've mentioned this on other shows or podcasts we've done is like, you know, I'll put the Pokemon at the front of, of my, um, uh, of my deck. And so I can see what I'm missing. Cause you, you know, Pokemon are always kind of the easiest ones to know. And then I'll count my energy. And then from there I kind of determine what the trainer count is. So that's kind of what I do. But I think to determine what's in there or not, I think notes are a great idea. I'm not down in the note taking. Yeah, I'm not down on it. I never do it. I've often wondered if it would help me um, because I get very scattered brained um, and I wonder if it would slow me down and force me into a better player routine, right? Like that's what we see from some of the highest level players is they're following a routine. Yes, they are being situational, but there's still some things you always want to do, trying to figure out what your prize cards are, things of that nature. Here's some here's some interesting rules and as we're educating everybody out there. Um, and I don't always believe it was this way. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when we first started almost 18, 17 years ago, if you were taking notes, that was public information at the time. Like that, that I, I, I remember that. I'm not 100. Like if, if you're out there and you're like, no, that's never been true. That's fine. I remember that in my head. But as of note taking now, it is a private thing. Your opponent can ask to see your notes. You can say absolutely not. However, judges are always allowed to ask and see a player's notes. Oh, I didn't know that. I, yes. I didn't know that. Interesting. So you could say, oh. what if you said, like, my opponent's a, a tool and I don't like them, and the judge reads that. Can they give you a two-prize penalty? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, to, me, to me, that's a no because of, like, this. It's like it's trying to play a nest ball when your bench is full. Like, it, it just can't happen. Right? Sure. It just can't happen. So, like, you yeah. didn't say it out loud. It's in your notebook. Your opponent doesn't have access to that. You could write some mean things about judges in there. That's true. And, okay. I, and I think they'd have to deal with that. Um, it also says, though, um, you may have to give an explanation to a judge about what you're writing down. And then there has to be a story here, Corey. But uh, players must... Uh, must use a device that cannot send or receive messages. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, what happened there? Like, dude, you see that? Uh, yeah, you see that at the uh, at the poker table. I mean, you, you got you get you get a buddy standing behind the player, and and this is why judges are like, you know, hey, you can't stand in here. Like, if you just finished a match, you got to keep walking, you know. But some of those matches that are at the end of the table, I, I could be standing behind the dude. Notice in his hand, he he has boss, and then shoot you a text. Be like, he has boss. You know, be careful. So, uh, if it, you're sending messages, then I I think that makes sense. I I have wear, worn my Apple Watch in every game I've played of recent. No one ever makes me take it off. I don't know why. Hmm. I would think you should be able. You have to remove your Apple Watch because I can get right, notifications. Watch aloud. Yeah, I've always thought that was weird. Well, you may have just gotten banned. I'm so sorry. I'm banned. Uh, the other rules around this say that you have to be timely with note-taking, right? Because now we're dealing with something extraneous to the actual cards of the game, right? And 
you may be given a time penalty on the way that you base notes. I think which it, I think is super interesting. I think it saves time. I I think it saves time. I understand writing the notes are, is going to take time, but you've seen some deck searches that are painful to watch. Oh, Worlds oh, this my. past year felt like that. Yeah, and I feel like if you just take some notes in the beginning, you're you're fine. I I don't want to go as far as to say. You should just know what your prizes are. I think people have said that, and that's stupid. I part of the game should be determining what what's in your prizes, but uh, I think it's okay if you want to take a second to take some notes. That's fine. I think for our junior players, I think note taking should be essential. I think mm-hmm. it's slow, like you said, slows the game down. It gets them, you know, uh, figuring out what what's in their deck, and I think that's just good educational things. I think our juniors should do that all the time. I think that's great. Uh, here's another interesting fact about note-taking. You're not allowed to use codes, ciphers, abbreviations. What? I don't get it. Yeah. You have to write out the full name of the, of the car. Wait, what? I, I think, I, I think within reason, right? Like the whole point of it is like, you can't, there can't be any information written down. That is what one coded or two that is intended to deceive the tournament staff. So if you like, I think it, according to this, it's illegal for you to in like uh, uh, write down wrong prizes. So to me, this gets a little gray, what? right? Because like, uh, but, I, but I guess the point of that is like, it is private. And I, I think Pokemon is trying to take a hard stance against cheating. I, I guess. I don't even understand that. Like, would, would you be... Like, let's say pairings are up and you see I'm playing against so-and-so and you know what they're running and you're, like, jotting notes down before you get into the match or, like, your coach comes over and is, like, giving you tips and you're writing them down in your book pre-hand, you're not allowed to do that. So then to hide it, you do abbreviated things so that people don't know. So then you're not allowed to do that either now? Is that... I don't understand that. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. But it, it is very interesting to me that... uh you know, Pokemon is is one of the games where the score of the game is taken very differently than other TCG games, right? In Magic, everybody has a notepad. They're keeping track of of the score. We see a lot of that now in Lorcana as well, keeping track of, of, of how many uh, points that you've scored. Uh, even in Yu-Gi-Oh, I remember that was the thing. You're keep, keeping track. In Pokemon, you don't see that as much. So I, I think the note-taking is viewed as this outside-the-game thing that a very few niche players do. Mm. I think they're good players, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, I think it, it it's not mainstream because it's awkward. I think people mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable taking a second to write notes. I truly think you have to be very, like, secure in yourself to take notes. Well, here's here's what I was thinking. I, I would love to hear your opinion on this. And if, if any of our listeners would like to chirp in on this here, here's what I feel would like would help me is especially on my opponent's turn. I would do this is did they like just just a simple check mark system. Like for me, did I did did I attach an energy this turn? Check. Did I did I already retreat my Pokemon? Hmm. Check that off my list. Did did I. Like, and I know there's in-game mechanics, people tilting cards to show abilities and different things. There's a lot of different ways. 
But that would help me, in my mind at least, remember like what the heck is going on. I think that would do you more harm than good. Really? Yeah, I do. I think you would be so into making sure you did the notes that you'd be like, wait, did I retreat so that I can write my note about it? Did I retreat? Oh, wait, did, wait, did I, I wrote it down that I did. And then you did. And they're like, no, you haven't. And you're like, but I did. And it, I, I don't like it. I think that slows the game down. I don't like it. I, I, I think I get where you're coming from. You should be able to do those things on your own, right? You, you should be able to, if you got to go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom in real life, if you're hungry, eat. <laughs> If, if you're suffocating, breathe air. Like, those are just the same things as attach your energy. Uh, do your flower selecting. Uh, play your pokey stop. Like, just, I, Jared, if you're taking notes, you'll never get through a game, and then your opponent's going to get I disagree. Pissed. I disagree wholeheartedly. It's like. They're going to get mad. I, I don't know. The more, and, and, and the, my justification for that is, like, the more and more that I'm seeing streams get better, there's all these different indicators on that. Did, did they retreat? Did like it's letting the player know. So like, why can't I take a note to help myself remember whether I did that or not? But that is because the audience doesn't know what's going on. Sometimes I I, I have a 16 month old. I try to watch live. I, I try to watch streams of the tournaments. Ellis tips over some cup, and I'm picking it up. And, and I got to go to the kitchen. I come back and I might miss. I'm like, oh, wait, they played a supporter. Okay. Oh, they did. They did play an energy because the thing he tells me. But if I'm in the game, I better not be having distractions. I'm in it. So as for a stream, well, makes sense. You don't need notes for that. Some of us, our mind is a permanent 16 hole. Okay. <laughs> Running around spilling stuff. And we need notes to take some things down to make sure everything is what it's supposed to be. I mean, and I, I've seen how you hold a pen, and it, it sometimes is a little rough to look at. Like you're like gripping that thing, like you're playing baseball. Like I, don't know. <laughs> I think you'd be throwing your opponent off a little bit. <laughs> I wonder if you took notes for them, if that'd get in their head. You'd be like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you just do? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. like, See, I think I feel like you could get on board with this because you're the king of. I'm just gonna stare at my opponent during their turn. Hey. How many, how many cards? How many cards in hand? How many cards? It, it, it wouldn't work because I'd be looking down writing notes. I wouldn't be looking in their eye. I'm no, but you would just show the judges your thing, and it would just be scribbles. <laughs> like, it would all be mind games. Well, see. Like, you're like, I'm not taking notes. That's what I was going to go back to. Like, if I'm playing Professor Turo, I'm not writing Professor Turo. I'm writing Turo. Like, are they going to get mad at that? Fine. I think that's uh, fine. It says codes, ciphers, or abbreviations. I think if you write down Turo, that's straightforward. What about, uh, I, I guarantee you, I would not know how to spell cramomatic. It would be like cram. When you wrote cram, I think that's fine. It's a bre it's abbreviate. Like, I understand. I, I think of abbreviations as like two letters, maybe more of an acronym than a, an abbreviation. But I think as long as you can justify that to the judge and okay. the judges can see your prizes, they can take a look at your prizes. Like, there's no deception there. Okay, because if you had a gun to my head and told me spell Silene, no idea. I would do C-Y. I do Psy. And that, I mean, is that illegal? Is Silene a Psy? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, when, when when we get you on stream finally at a tournament, I'd say we risk it all on some note-taking. <laughs> I'm just going to jot notes the whole time. Hold on. How many cards again? How many cards? Four? Okay. But now but how many cards? 
Five. But okay. in all seriousness, note taking is a thing that is allowed in Pokemon. I do agree with my co-host Corey. Juniors, I think this is a great way, specifically again, this is primarily used to keep track of your prize cards. A hundred percent. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna help Dragon Shield out here because they need some help. Th- th- they should make deck boxes with a little like thing in the back for like those little notepads with a pen on it. That's a great idea. Slide it in, and then you have it for the game. And then like those ones like for detectives when they're like writing notes about the crime. It look yeah. like that. That's what I would do. Throw that in there because regardless of what game you're playing, you're either going to use it to take score. In Pokemon, you can use it to take notes. But just do remember, Pokemon players, there are some boundaries of this. This isn't a free write whatever you want. Pay attention to the rules that we've covered. And then if it's for you, great. If it's not, that's okay, too. We're not here to advocate that this is a thing that you should do. Just something that you can do. And I think the players that use this well they are finding, again, incremental advantages to improve their game. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Get used to it. I, I, I want to start that. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i start taking some notes t- taking. I want to be comfortable in that. So that's good. I, wanna, I think you got to start doing it on live. Oh, man, I don't know. I have to, like, I don't know. I'm on my phone playing in the bathroom. I ain't got a notepad there. I don't know. Use the toilet paper. <laughs> Get it done. Get it done. Get creative with your writing utensil. That's all I'm going to say. All right, that's all I'll do. Okay, I have I have one thing before we go. I have a thing for you. Okay. I have a new segment. Oh, I love new segments. All right, and it has a sponsor, too. Wow. It's, it's sponsored by Murfreesboro Escape Rooms. Okay, it's in <laughs> This segment's called We Need Some Fun Music Later. What should Jared play at league? Okay. Uh. And and uh I've mulled this over today, and I figured I would wait till the podcast to give you my takes. So let's preference this by Jared doesn't have a lot of access to cards right now. I do not. So you're running Clay Doll tonight. I'm I am running Clay Doll tonight. All right. For all those that don't know, Clay Doll Psychic type. It does a move, the only move that matters. It has 120 HP. Okay, Clay Doll does a thing where it blows itself up. That's the move. You put your opponent's Pokemon down to 10 HP. You do 120 to yourself. Very cute. has 120 HP. So these are, I have three things that I have suggestions for on this deck. Okay. You may already be thinking these, but you did not tell me. So forgive me if I'm repeating. I'll tell you this. The one thing I am thinking is Brute Bonnet. It has to be Brute Bonnet. Has to be Brew Bonnet. I think later there isn't there a stadium. There's some I saw some mechanism that I think is poisoning, not like hypnotic hypnotoxic laser, but there's something else that's poisoning. I think I don't know if it's out yet, but you got to run the brute bonnet because how else are you going to get the knockouts, right? So my first thing is a ruling question for you. If you run emergency jelly. Oh, I've thought about this. How is that worded? I don't think it works, but it this says, so Emergency Jelly says, at the end of your turn, if you have 30 or less HP, heal for 120. But the attack, I think, has to happen first. Correct. And then your turn ends? So you're already dead at that point. But then- I was worried about my opponent running it. But it says at the end of your turn? At the end of your turn. Yeah, yeah. Your opponent doesn't. 
your opponent doesn't matter. Yeah, it's at the end okay. of your turn you heal. So so then there's that question. But then it says 30 or less HP remaining. Well, you would have zero HP. So does your Pokemon get removed from the field and then the emergency jelly gets removed? Or are you at zero HP and then the emergency jelly would kick in. I, 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 or does the internet break? Does the world end? I don't know what <laughs> happens. That was my first one. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Uh, oh, what are you going to have to move the deck? Because I, I have a suggestion, but I didn't know if you had. Oh, a- that's good. I was going to revert to my uh, 2007 Grinders World Tournament mindset of the. Uh, a very strong and diverse supporter line. Oh God! No oh, gosh! No 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 no! Don't do that. I think uh, I think in what goes with and what the other card we've talked about here. If the, if the emergency jelly doesn't work, you go Klefki, right? Mm. But then so then you got to run the barrel, so you can still draw. It's not a basic, but that's your line. A two two barrel. You can run a four four Claydol. You run a two two Klefki, maybe three Klefki. And I think that gives you the ability to, and then the, um, oh, but if you Klefki, you can't, oh, no, you, uh, no, you're poisoned already, so you're fine. The Brute Bonnet still works, because you right. don't Claydol active. So, yeah, this deck works. Two, two Brute, two Klefki, two, two Barrel, four, four, or four Claydol, and then you run all the energy, you know, you don't need a lot of energy, um, and you run your trainer line. Okay, let's say hypothetically I don't have any Klefkis. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Uh, mm. I did send you a card earlier today. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. It, I, I don't I don't think you read it right. Oh, no. Is it a classic Jared misread? It, it, I, I, you want me to read it, too, or are you going to read it? Oh, All right. I, 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 what I had sent Corey was running Espathra. Excuse me if I'm not saying that. It has a move called Stance. When you play this a Pokemon from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn, you may prevent all damage and effects of attacks from your opponent's Pokemon done to this Pokemon until the end of your opponent's next turn. So my mindset was blow up the Clay Doll on the same turn that you evolve the Espathra. The Espathra becomes what's active, and then my opponent can't hit it. Oh, that's what you were going for. I thought yeah. you, I thought you thought this red that stance, the ability would prevent the damage to the clay doll. No, no. I'm purely thinking of this as the thing that I'm going to stick out there. Maybe I'm going to turro it. Um, I was going to run some beach court, try to get some free retreat so I could bring it back, get another clay doll out. Oh. That, was, that was my mindset here. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. Like as another wall. Okay. I have those cards. <laughs> I, I have those cards. I would uh, try to get Klefki's. I think the Klefki is going to disrupt. I'd rather you disrupt than you try to run a Espertra. I guarantee you're never going to have when you need it. I, I don't doubt you. I do like the, the barrel moving the deck. We do have the barrels. I will be adding that to my deck tonight in lieu of supporters. Yep. Um, and I will let you know how it goes. Uh, I think if I go one two, it's a, it's it's a win. Like I, I think if there's a yeah. dub tonight with this deck, sure. then Mir- then I may never stop running it. Do you have the Miriam supporter? I do have okay, Miriam. I'd put a couple of those in there. You're gonna need smart, that. Smart, yeah, smart. Miriam would be good with Claydol. Uh, obviously, you know, super. I rod. have no Crystal Fog or what, whatever the mm. 
Got none of those, man. Got none of those. Well, this is a one energy move. What's the clay doll? One energy move. Yeah, I don't know if you need crystal fog. I mean, that's always good in a psychic deck, but uh, okay. Well, good luck. I would uh, message someone that's going and say, "Can I have two Klefkis, please?" And just, <laughs> I, I, I think you'll you'll be happy with that. That'll work. My uh, my message is going to be to friend of the show Logan, who's back in town now. It's going to be, "Can I borrow your Charizard?" Yes. <laughs> it's going to be my message. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. That is the end of our last segment called What Should Jared Run at League? Brought to you by Murfreesboro Escape Rooms. We're unlocking a door. We'll never feel the same again. Go online and book your escape room play. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So you're going to give us a report on how League went next Oh, week. yes. We will talk about how League went. Um, like I said, if I, I, I there, there's got to be something on the line here as we close. If I go 3 0 with this deck, what happens? If you go 3 0, I will charter a flight to Knoxville and play in the regionals. Let's go. <laughs> and my wife may not be back here when I return, but we'll see what happens. That's, you know, in the future. Oh, love it. <laughs> that is going to wrap us up for Teach Me Pokemon again. Knoxville this weekend, wrapping up Liverpool spicy decks note taking what an episode be sure to check us out next week we're going to be recapping knoxville looking forward and as always educating you as we are learning about pokemon the trading card game i am jared my co-host forever even though it doesn't sound like he wants to be Corey. i then my lawyer my lawyer gonna look over that contract (laughs) see ya You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com. Teach me Pokemon podcast. Come and dive with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.